Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Yeah, most certainly is. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Hello to you, wherever you might be. An exciting time. Diamond League, 24 hours away from kicking off. Plenty of Australians in action. We'll get to that. You can text in anytime you like. 0499 736 736. And, of course, our man, Johnny Steph, in the house. Hello, buddy. Yes, Cam. Yes, Cam. Diamond, you're quite right. It's right around the corner, and we can't wait to see all the action. Now, we're going to talk athletics, but let's start with you, because last week we found you in Perth, in Western Australia, about to do your thing in the motorsport world. How did you go? Are you happy with your results, or are you sulking? You know, the great team at Western Sydney Motorsport, we, we practice started horrible for us. We ended up having car trouble, and then... Uh, we said, set us back for qualifying. And then, you know, then race one way, I would climb a few spots, got up to 11th. I think I started 17th. Um, and, but it was, it was really a weekend of learning, Cam. And, and I know I said last week, uh, I do motorsport because physically I can't run anymore, but mentally I still love the high performance element that motorsport brings. So it really kind of, I love doing it as a hobby. But um, yeah, great weekend. Good to be back home in Perth. That's where I was born, where I was raised. I got to see all my friends and family. And uh, now I'm back. Uh, Back overseas and uh, back on the wonderful uh, radio show, SEN, the House Athletics with the great Cam Luke. In that situation, like after you have a tough weekend and it's not always easy to have the perspective as an athlete to say, oh, I'm learning. And I'm not saying that it didn't happen, but occasionally when you're a competitive beast, you're like, oh, you know, I've got to be better than this. Do you have that same feeling in the motorsport world? or Because it's a bit older and you're, you're a little change of career and just a little maybe a, a splash less competitive nature going through you. Are you able to see the learning signs more so than you did as an athlete? No, nothing's changed. You still, <laughs> you so you were still like angry? Oh, mate, I, I get filthy on myself. Like, just <laughs> when I make a mistake, there's no yep. one that marks themselves harder than, than me when, when I'm playing golf, table tennis, if I'm on the stem, I'm in a race car. Um, I think that competitive nature is just it's either in you or it's not. Um, throughout the weekend, uh, the, the team that I have, the engineers and people that are around me, they're, they're really cool and they know that I put a lot of pressure on myself. But at the same time, you know, you learn in pro sport that it is a process. You learn that you have to obviously, you know, focus on the strategy, focus on on on, on more, okay, how are we going to get to the destination and the destination itself and just keep ticking those boxes and building like a house brick by brick. And um, and every now and then uh, you get that, you get that, uh you get the, the red mist that goes across the eyes, and you just want to win, mate. So, uh, but uh, nonetheless, uh, for me, it was it was a decent weekend. But uh, yeah, you always want to be up the front, Cam. Uh, fair enough, too. Hey, Adam Bishop's going to join us. He's he's uh, the GM of Growth and Development at Athletics Australia. Really good initiative when it comes to getting kids, not just in athletics, but more active right around the world. He'll explain that. And just a little heads up, mate. Yeah, just a little heads up. Mario from <laughs> Chemist Warehouse, who clocked in a 3.30 London Marathon a couple of weeks ago, which has got us chatting. It's got us chatting. What? Yeah. What have you created? Don't Ever worry about you that. you said that last week, I got a text from Mario straight yep. away saying, I'm in if you're in and we'll do this. And I'm just thinking to myself, no, damn, what have you done? Let's just see. Let's no just Mario. see what happens. That's all I'm going to say. I don't want to be in a situation where I'm promising anything. Let's just see what happens. But before we get stuck into all of that and talk a little Doha, I I, I was just sort of reading, I was looking at some uh, excitement around some of the athletes who are about to crack into a European summer. 
Uh, in Melbourne last week, they had run the tan and they had really good athletes go around there. And there seemed to be a great deal of buzz. If you don't know Melbourne at all, of course, we're right across the globe. The tan, great running track, smack bang in the middle of it. And they do it every year that the best athletes are able to roll up and, and try and run it as fast as they possibly can. And it's got me thinking, Johnny Steph, is this oh, as exciting? No, is this as exciting Australian nucleus of a really good team we've had for a number of years? And oh, I might be talking decades. I may be a prisoner of the moment, but it feels like we've got athletes that we have the full confidence in to go on the road, be it in a champion, uh, Diamond League, be it at a World Championships, be it in Olympic Games, and not just fingers crossed they're going to run well or compete well or throw well or jump well, but we have full confidence and we're going to have finalists and we're fairly, fairly certain they're going to be right there pushing for medals. Am I, am I overreacting or is this how you feel as well? I thought you were going somewhere else that challenged me around the town. Nah, okay. I'm nervous there, Claire. Let me take you over 400 um, first. That, <laughs> yeah, yeah, we got that first. But that's a very, very, very good question, Cam. I'm going to quickly uh, surmise um, sort of where I think um, track and field is that over the last 10 years. This was an initiative started by the high performance team 10 years ago. And we recognized when I was sitting on the board of Athletes Australia that it was not about only winning medals, it was about getting as many athletes to the final as possible. Once in the final, they start to develop self-belief systems, which then when they go to the next games, the next championships, they will now believe that they can compete with the best in the world. This is something I experienced after I won Olympic silver medal in Athens. I went to world championships in 05. I made the final in the 400 meters, which then gave me the self-belief to win Commonwealth Games eight months eight months later. We're now seeing this sort of, uh, we can call it production house of athletes starting to come through now where we're seeing athletes consistently in finals. If you see the great Ollie Hall, he put himself in that final Commonwealth Games last year. He beat the world champion and he had the self-belief to know he had the game plan to do so. You see Peter Bowl. Peter Bowl hasn't, he's just sort of flashing a pan that's come up through Tokyo. He's been working at this for a long time. He now believes that when he steps in a race, they are now looking at Peter Bolt to beat. So this is something which is an evolution over time. And I think a lot of these athletes, the world has become a lot smaller compared to when I was running back in my day where the Americans up in the Northern Hemisphere, the Europeans in the Northern, in the, in the Northern Hemisphere, and we were down here in the Southern Hemisphere running on a complete different calendar, hoping when we got to a championship to get a medal. This is now the ideology now. Kids have better mediums to... to contact coaches overseas. They're able to go to college now a lot easier because now a lot of the colleges are looking at recruiting Australian athletes. We've seen Jess Hull. She was an Oregon Duck. And we see now while she's running this season. So others think the world's become a lot smaller, which then has changed the belief system for these young athletes that they're now believing in themselves. So now's a good time for for people that that are sports lovers, that love winners, is to start backing some of these kids. You go into the jumps, look at, you look at Brooke, Brooke, Bushnell, I, I always mm-hmm. butcher her last name, but formerly known as Brooke Stratton. Um, she was number one in the world last year. She yep. had the longest jump in the world last year. She, yes, she didn't convert at a world championships, but she jumped the furthest for the whole year last year. You know, so, you know, these athletes are, are not a game anymore, Cam. And and, and we, like Mario, uh, oh, I can't identify that, but like we know, and I always discuss with Mario that, that these athletes are, are, are no more hoping to win. They're serious, serious professional athletes that are doing exceptional uh, results. Let's talk about this Diamond League. And for, for people who may not be aware, this is the creme de la creme. This is how 
You make money, right? Majority of these top athletes, this is how they make their money in the Diamond League that stretches over the whole season. It starts in Doha. It goes to the most beautiful cities in the world, Paris in a couple of weeks' time, Rome as well, Oslo, uh, Stockholm. I think they're back, or they are back in London, which I think is the first time they're going to be back in the Olympic Stadium for like a decade. Uh, Zurich, and it all ends in Eugene. You mentioned the University of Oregon there. Eugene, that wonderful new facility uh, that Steve Prefontaine was the superstar in 50 years ago. But just talk about how this all works because you can't just rock up and enter. It's invite only, right? Yeah, definitely. And look, this is a system I'm quite critical of, Cam, when okay. it comes to the Diamond League. I think it used to be known as the Golden League back in the day. But I think World Athletics has to really, you know, and I know they're doing a lot of work behind the scenes to really improve what Diamond League looks like. I think it's a, it's very cutthroat for young athletes. And really, this is the only way they make money. Mm-hmm. And you have to be invited to these meets. To, to perform. So uh, if you look, it's a very small percentage that get to represent at, at these dominoes. Nonetheless, it's still brilliant competition because you're dealing with the best of the best in the world, you know, in certain events. You look at the women's 1500 meters, we've got four Australians in there, four of our best Australians from Jess Hull to Sarah Billings to Abby Colwell uh, to, to, to Georgia Griffith. And then, you, you know, you shoot over to the men's 100, uh, you've got Fred Curley, the world champion, versus, versing uh, Michael Norman, the 400-meter world champion, with Kenny Benarek, who's a good friend of mine, um, who's the 200-meter silver medalist. Um, the women's 100 has got the, the controversial Shikari Richardson, who is, who I think right now is still the fastest woman in the world for this season, um, taking on Sharika Jackson, who's the world champion, the mm. 200. Um, so the quality, and you've got Bashim, Essa Bashim in the, in the high jump, who is world champion, multiple Olympic champion. Um, so you taught the caliber athletes at the Diamond League is super duper high, but I think the profile of the Diamond League has to improve so that the, the general sports lover can understand that you, you're almost seeing a mini world championships at every Diamond League when they compete. So how do they do that then? How, how do you continue to expose it and, and, and get more well-known around the world then? If, if that's if that's the concern and the competition's great and, of course, we're going to see the Australians who get invited there. And Nina Kennedy is another one who's over there. In fact, she she had success late last year in the Diamond League. What happens? How do they do it? What's the best way for athletics in the world, not just for this country, in the world, to make sure they're doing it the right way? Well, we, we saw and we demonstrated it, Cam, with Nitro Athletics in 2017. Yep. It's about getting teams models because people affiliate with teams a lot better around the world. It's very hard to latch onto an individual, yep. and that's been proven. It's about getting a franchise model, so latching on our teams to other uh, sports, say, for instance, football, basketball, or soccer, and building a, a franchise model around around those teams. And it's about creating events that, that, that the public can relate to, that younger generations can relate to, because their attention span, which athletics – Unfortunately, it's a long program, cannot really appeal to the younger generation because their attention span, as we've seen with the mediums, is very short now. And Nitro Athletics proved that. So, um, you know, I think the conventional model of athletics has never died. It's beautiful. It's brilliant. We saw that with Tokyo. People loved it. But the reality is, like cricket, they changed to the IPL, they changed to Big Bash 2020 so they could capture the people's imaginations. But we still enjoy a 50-50 test one day and we still enjoy a Boxing Day test because the history is still there. And I think that's how the sport has to be seen. And I think they have to go through our weekly and our monthly models have to change to a franchisable teams model where, where athletes can actually earn money through a team and then go into the conventional model come World Championships and Olympics. So would you do it country-based teams, as in nations, or would you do it where there's an individual, you mentioned the franchise there, that essentially, you know, a, 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 you know, Jessica Hull could be on the same team as Fred Curley? 
I think that's the model to go. I think that's yep. when you start getting cross cross pollination with brands, cross pollination with with building uh building a brand for say Jess Hull in America in a region because Fred can Fred Kelly builds his brand now in Australia and this is where you see all the bigger sports do it quite well. You look at soccer, you know, Messi's known around the world, right? Unless you use Saint Bolt that 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 captivates the imagination of of the sporting public, it's very hard for a Jess Hull to captivate people because she's only on the track for four minutes every four years or every two years of the World Championship that the, that the world really get to see her we need to start sort of see jess Hull weekly right for them to sort of get that um want to be just like jess so um i i would like to see our athletes be able to compete just like in any any sport around the world if you even the afl we got athletes from ireland that come and compete in gaelic football they come to melbourne they compete in afl and they build their brand in australia and and, and sell it and and so on so um i don't think it should be country by country i think it should be you should have for instance, you should have the Chemist Warehouse team. And in the Chemist Warehouse team, it competes all around the world. You've got Fred Curley, Jess Hull, Usain Bolt, Safa Powell. And they, just like Nitro was, to, you know, you saw the Bolt team had Australian athletes in it, English athletes in it, American athletes in it, Caribbean athletes in it. And, um, and they were able to compete for the, for the Bolt team. So um, I'm not saying Nitro is the sole answer, but I think being able to, 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 to gain the attention of the viewer now is very, very hard in sport. And I think a lot of these big commercial sports are doing well in that. And I think they got the, the culture is there. If you look at AFL, there's a real strong culture and history where people are willing to, to sit for two hours for a football match because it's cultural, right? And I think athletics, we've missed that over the last 30 years and we have to gain that. We, and that means we have to pivot. We cannot stay stubborn in the way our sport is viewed because historically it's been done that way. Not dissimilar to how cycling goes about it. I know it's a little bit different when you're riding in teams over, you know, two and a half, three weeks and some of these major tours headlined by the Tour of the France. But that's exactly how, you know, teams are set up right across the world. You fight your way onto a team in different ways and, and you could then have events. Now, Diamond League doesn't have every same event. So you'd be able to splatter different events, maybe right around the world and, gain points, not dissimilar, and all athletes who actually go to college enjoy the collegiate experience for that exact reason, Johnny Steph. There's a great deal of team, clearly, when it comes to university and collegiate sports in the United States, but a lot of them love it and the way they go about it, about being able to take on individual athletes, but there is that team feeling to garner points and, in the end, as a professional, make more money off it. 100% Cam and you just saw the pen relays which was held uh, last week yeah. um, and, and, and the pen relays for those that don't understand it, it's a relay championships that take, that's been taken um, that's been been going for a number of years out of Philadelphia um, and, and really it started really it's a high school competition which then now then and the co- college competition which now pro athletes can compete in and it's just a relays event they have, so they have some individual events throughout the weekend but really you find uh, college teams taken on one another in, 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 in relays and if you go there and you hear the crowd, they get 50,000 people strong, rain, hail, or shine, full of, full of Jamaicans and Caribbean uh, supporters. And the, the atmosphere is unbelievable. And this is the, t- the first taste these high school kids from the Caribbean, from America, they take on each other. And, um, and that's their first taste of really feeling what it's like to be in, in front of a big stadium. And um, it's an amazing competition. And, and this is something which, which we, some of our Australian athletes, and, you know, you look at, um, uh, you know, like I said, Jessica Hull, uh, you know, you look at um, uh, Ollie Hall, you look at um, uh, mother, mother, brother, um, man, I've got a mental blank, but there's been a number of, number of athletes that have gone overseas and competed for colleges. And the first thing they come back and they say, is they have this affiliation now to college for the rest of their life. I mean, they're an alumni and, 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 and it almost takes the pressure off Cam 
for the end of, for, for them when they're when they're in their learning phase as a young athlete from 18 to 22, it almost takes the pressure off them of their result individually and allows them to focus on the team whilst they're learning. And mm. that's such a hard thing to do when you turn pro. When you're in college, it allows you to go through that learning curve of like that transition from being a high school athlete into being a pro athlete. And I think the collegiate system does it very, very well. So by the almost gets them and grooms them for when they when they do come out of college and have some success, it's a lot easier transition to become a pro athlete. Absolutely. Adam Bishop is around 15 minutes away. He's going to join us to tell us about kids' athletics. David, up next. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Mario, who is the main man at Chemist Warehouse, and he ran a marathon, and he got wind of Johnny Steph saying on this show last week he wants to run a marathon and said, I've got to come on and have a chat about it. (laughs) Plenty more on the other side of this. It's the House of Aths. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Aths with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Johnny, Steph, Cam, Luke, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. This is the House of Aths right across the SCN Network Thursday night. And this has kind of taken on a bit of its own life form, Johnny. I know you're nervous right now because, (laughs) uh, honestly, we wouldn't be doing what we do if it wasn't for our great partners at Chemist Warehouse. And it's really been led by one man, Johnny, Steph, to be fair, right? Yeah, the great Mario, but um, I've got a feeling he's up to his antics, man. (laughs) So I'm a bit nervous about interviewing him today because between you and him, you can't be trusted. No, hang on, hang on. I think that is way too dramatic. Firstly, Mario, hello to you. And first time we're chatting uh, as part of House of Ass, all thanks to Chemist Warehouse. We love the partnership we have with you guys. We appreciate everything you do for us. So thank you from Johnny, Steph, and I. Thank you. Uh, it's great to be on the show. Third, third episode in. Um, and I'm loving your work, boys. Um, great episode. Great Great show, and um, we're, we're so happy to be involved in athletics here in Australia and just raise the profile of all the great Australian athletes we've got coming, and I'm really pumped for uh, the Olympics next year. I actually, honestly, I would have had you on earlier, but you were out of Australia doing, and this is where this conversation gets interesting because you are a marathon runner. You're, you're a great lover of Athletics Australia and, and everything that athletes do in this country, but I was unaware that you are such a great athlete yourself. And stop me whenever you want, but to run a 3.30 London no, Marathon, stop, Mario, stop. come on, my man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Congratulations. Stop, That's stop humming now, along. Well, my running journey began two years ago and um, in right in the middle of COVID, out of nowhere. I don't know what happened. It's a bit, a bit like Forrest Gump moment, I reckon. I just started running and I haven't stopped. Um, but thankfully, I've, you know, my unofficial um, uh, pro bono run coach there, Johnny, Steph, um, <laughs> has been guiding me along the way and giving great advice. Fantastic merch. So thank you to the guys at Puma. Um, so I'll put in a plug for them. Keep keep the gear coming. Um, I've been able to uh, knock up the uh, second marathon in London last week, which is great. Hey, hang on, Mario. Oh, Mario let's, hang on a second, Cam. This is a really interesting story uh, with Mario because um, his love and passion for running I mean, the, the, the learning curve and the passion curve, you couldn't get any steeper. And, um, and now, yes, we will talk about Mario taking on London, but there was a journey before that. Mario, walk us through mm. what it meant not only for you competing in London, but the journey. The journey as, as a guy that's very busy at Chemist Warehouse, spearing a lot of where the direction of Chemist Warehouse is yeah. going. Um, and, then, and then now, I mean, it's, you're sort of realizing it's a little bit of a full-time job being an athlete, right? <laughs> Almost. Um, 
I mean, the journey pretty much began with COVID. I mean, you know, if I wind the clock back to the start of 2020, you know, uh, in my job, I'm always on the road, running here, left, right and centre, on a plane every day of the week. My health wasn't the best. Um, you know, I was tipped the scales when we ran into COVID at about 100 kgs. Wow. Uh, I, ha- I hadn't done any exercise since my high school days. You know, I've been too busy in the business. And COVID was one of those times where it was like, what am I going to do here? I've got no travel. I'm stuck at home. I had, for, Thankfully, I, I had the benefits of going to work every day in the office. Um, but I used that opportunity. I was like, well, if I'm ever going to get my shape in order, now's the time. So I spent you know, a good part of 12 months losing, just modifying my diet. And that's all I did. And uh, to lose about 25 kgs. And then... Um, and then during that period, I discovered, you know, I got a personal trainer and then I slowly but surely, you know, I discovered running out of the blue one day, I just decided to run and, um, got myself the Nike run club app, taught me how to run. One thing led to another, then I got an Apple watch and then it just started and something in me just went and, um, you know, and I started, you know, in the middle of winter, 2021, I think. You know, waking up at 4.30 every morning, just running up the street for 3Ks before I'd start the day because there wasn't enough hours in a day. So I had to create time. So, you know, I had to sacrifice an extra hour at night, which is wasted anyway because you're either scrolling through TikTok or watching useless TV <laughs> and wake up an hour early and um, and use that time to get myself right in the morning. And, and I still do that to this day. And, you know, with good guys like Johnny leading the way, it's, you know, a 5k run turned to 10 turned to a half marathon and then you know um full marathon in melbourne last year and and now it's uh just london last week so yeah it is very new to me this journey uh but it's exciting Marek, i i spoke last week on an episode and we we're sort of talking about men's health and and the important how do you uh how do you take on a lifestyle change, and I and I and I see. I, don't, I try not to call it diet. I try not to call it training. And I, and I notice with you, you've created a lifestyle for yourself. You 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 made it part of your day, part of your work, and part of on 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 your daily routine. Am, am I correcting saying? No, that? you have. You got to find. You got to create. I mean, you can't. There's only so many hours in a day, and you got to create time. And you know, if I look at my 24 hours, you know, I'd waste probably the last hour and a half, two hours of my day watching useless TV or scrolling through social media. And, you know, that even does more for you, uh, worse for your mental health than anything. Um, so I said, you know, COVID was a great reset. And, it, and you know, looking back now, it's like, it's been great because, um, you know, I can start every day. You know, if I'll put it this way. If exercise was a, was a pill and I'm in the pharmacy business, I'd say, <laughs> I'd say it'd be the, you know, for the health benefits it creates, um, it'd be the most uh, popular pill ever created um, because, you know, just put the physical um, benefits aside, the mental aspects of um, just putting your body through a workout every day, particularly at the start of the day, and no matter what you had at night, worries, stresses, issues, family, business, you put yourself through a hard workout for an hour in the morning, you start the day ready to go. Everything, you just reset your brain. Um, well and, and when it comes to your body, I've, I've learned this, and I know you preach this a lot. I, I like to preach and I try to preach now to other people is you've only got one body and it's the biggest asset you will ever own in your life. So you have to look after it. It's more important than any other asset you've ever had in your life. Um, so well look said. after it. Unbelievably well said. Mario, well said. Hey, uh, Mara, irrelevant. Times are irrelevant because exactly all the things you spoke about, and, and we spoke last week about people who fell in 
to habits like you did during COVID, who used exercise as a as a bit of a social gathering in some parts of the country in the world, and some people fell out of it. But you must have had a fair bit of yep. talent or athletic, like a three thirty marathon in your second marathon two years into this thing, Mario. That is again almost irrelevant, but that is humming along. Yeah, yeah. Oh well, I fell into this, and um, you know, I, I. I you know, I had some great advice, you know, from guys like Johnny and and a couple of guys I, I, I know around the place and just got me going and I just took elements from everything and um, you just learn. Um, and when you're doing it every day and, you know, I still got to learn. I mean, you know, uh, 3.34 was the official time for London, which was uh, eight minutes slower than Melbourne. Um, and, you, hang on. So you ran a 3.26 uh, first marathon. Yeah. Um, and and I actually pulled up better out of this marathon than I did for Melbourne. But the problem with this London marathon, I actually hit this massive wall at about 38 k's. So I ran the last four or five k's really slow. Um, so my next goal is I've got to work out what went wrong in that last four k's. So Johnny, um, <laughs> you got to get me right for the next one. Well, well without a doubt, I'm glad I'm glad you yeah, raised sorry, it. Tim. I'm glad. I was just going to say, yeah, Johnny, Stephen, you can let loose. I'm glad you raised it because uh, my information is that. Johnny is going to run either Berlin in late September or early November in New York. So we get here, right? So you know that last four Ks that you're just trying to work out what happened in London? He's going to be there to help you through it is my my belief. Johnny? Perfect. Perfect. Listen, guys, you know, I was taught very early in my career, do not let your ambitions supersede your talent. And I understand that distance running has never been part of the J-Steph protocol. So I am, oh, listen, we're going to have to get some viewers, some listeners Johnny, calling none in. Of, nothing was in part of my protocol for three decades, mate. Don't tell me that's not possible. Listen, you're an exception, Mario. you got to understand that. But listen, I'm, I've, I've taken on many challenges in my life, Here Mario, we go. Celebrity Apprentice, SAS, you saw it on Channel 7, mm-hmm. and I'm, I'm willing to have my arm twisted, Cam. I'm willing to have it twisted, but right now, I don't know, boys, I don't know. <laughs> Well, hopefully in the next 24 hours, I, I might, you know, by the grace of God, have a ticket to New York and uh, I'll be running New York Marathon. But what I haven't about told my Berlin? wife yet. But, what, um, hang on, Mario. What about Berlin? I like Germany. Nah, See, the nah. destination could twist my heart. We go it's to too Berlin. Soon. It's too soon we for fly, me. We, uh, fly, we fly on your private jet, Mario, over there. And, and we have, yeah. you know, that, that, that could maybe persuade us there. The, ter- the timing of Berlin's not right. You, you do know I have a full-time job here. You know? Just, so, well, um, what I heard, Mario, is that uh, if Johnny Steph can fly on Air Chemist Warehouse, that luxurious <laughs> private plane you've got, he's a chance to give 42Ks a real red-hot crack. Ooh, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. <laughs> you I'm heard on. it, Cam. I, you heard it, Cam. Uh, well, Start setting it up. Well, you and I, apply. We, we have got a 400-metre We've got a 400 meter sprint because we spoke last week, Mario, about both breaking a minute, which... Johnny Steph will easily, and we're going to try that. But uh, well, we'll just keep needling at the, uh, the the Olympic silver medalist, and I reckon we can get him over there. Hey, before we let you go, yeah, mate, and as I said, I appreciate how much uh, Kemmer's Warehouse and the partnership we have here with the House of Aths and allowing us to do what we do and talk about the best athletes as we head towards what's a wonderful 15 or 16 months before Paris. Just talk about Kemmer's Warehouse and, and the continuing ongoing partnership they have and love for Athletics Australia. Oh, well, when Johnny came to us, um, it was actually right before COVID and uh, told me about his idea about, you know, we should get behind Athletics Australia. And then COVID happened and it was like, look, Johnny, can't do anything right now. We're just going to 
we just got to struggle to just keep the doors open here. Um, and then when we came out of our, uh, um, came out of COVID, um, true to form, Johnny rang me back because I think I said, call me in two years, and he did to the day. Um, <laughs> and um, he called me back, and uh, we got talking, and and this relationship formed. And the more I got into it, the more I thought, geez, he's a sport that's under-resourced, um, I think undervalued in Australia. There's some amazing talent, men and women. Um, and um, it, there's some great stories to be told. Every one of those guys is, and girls is a great story to be told. And I, and I want to amplify that message. And it's good for us. We're in the wellness business. We want people to live well, look well, and get well and stay well all their life. And, you know, health and the athletics space is for us. So we want to find you know, this golden era of athletics um, and we want to ride that wave. And I'll just add to that, Cam, before we go, um, you know, this, this is something which we're really finding in federated sports, sports especially. Um, you, you cannot exist without partners like Chemist Warehouse that see the long-term vision. A lot of the times when you have a commercial partnership, it's extremely hard to to work out, okay, what will be the return of investment? Um, with Mario and the team at Chemist Warehouse, uh, it, it started off with one-year deal and we we're able to extend it uh, moving forward. And and just the the ability for us to, to be able to grow the sport and to be able to tell the stories, these talented, talented athletes is so important. Without partners like Chemist Warehouse, it makes it extremely difficult. So, um, Murray, you and the team should be extremely proud of you know the support that you give in athletics. And you know, it's it's we don't know if we're going to have the next bolt in our country. And without the support of you guys, uh, we'll never find out. That's good, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for the next big thing, and I'm sure they're there. And um, you know, either way, we're going to be right behind all the all the athletes. Well, I don't I don't want to rule it out, but we might have the next big thing in like Masters marathon running. If it's not you, Mario, it might be Johnny Steph. So we'll see what happens over the next sort of three or four months. Uh, Mario, firstly, well done on London. Secondly, thank you so much, and uh, very proud of yourself. You should be yourself in Chemist Warehouse for the great support you're yes. giving not just us but athletes in this country as we get to a time that's going to go to a whole new level. Man, I appreciate your time. We'll talk soon. Thanks, boys. Cheers. See you, champion. Superstar. Very quick break. Plenty more. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse on the House of Ats next. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein. Powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. Right around Australia, Thursday night, John Stephenson, Cam Luke. We do it all thanks to Chemist Warehouse and our next guest, Something that's really starting to brew, Johnny Steph. Of course, we talk a lot about the, the kids, the young stars of the athletics world working their way through it in this country. And this week is Kids Athletics Day, Sunday the 7th of May. And uh, Athletics Australia is calling on all kids to get involved and try their hand at these wonderful track and field events. And Adam Bishop is a man who's got a fair bit of toe himself, to be fair. He's the GM of Growth and Development, Athletics Australia. Very important job, and he joins us now. Adam, hello to you. Hello, thanks for having me. Uh, world or Kids Athletics Day right around the world and you continually through Athletics Australia push the message. This is a great way for kids, the next generation stars to get involved. Oh, absolutely. And there's some really important messages in, in Kids Athletics Today. Day. So it's an uh, initiative uh, from World Athletics and something that we've jumped on here in Australia. And it's really a celebration of athletics around the world. Uh, and it's about getting kids moving. So we know that... Uh, Less than one in five kids are getting enough physical activity each day. And I, you know, uh, I heard Mario from Chemist Warehouse speaking uh, just earlier around uh, the benefits of uh, physical activity and, and athletics in particular as well. And so it's uh, 
it's a really important message that we're putting out there and you know there are many ways to get involved in athletics uh, right around the country and you know you don't necessarily need an athletics track but uh, we've got a whole range of initiatives uh, really throughout the month of May even though the 7th uh, this Sunday is Kids Athletics Day it's uh, really celebrated throughout the month of May. Just on that, and I look around the nation, Tasmania, New South Wales, Victoria, Queensland, Northern Territory, some of the, the major parts of Australia to be involved. And you mentioned you don't need an athletics track. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think an athletics track is involved in any of these uh, over the next couple of weeks. A lot of cross country and, and being able to pound the pavement. Is there any that's actually in on a track? I'm sure there will be around the country at uh, some stage, but I think one of the great things about uh, kids' athletics, so kids' athletics is actually a product as well, and mm -hmm. it's all around fundamental movement, uh, getting kids those basic skills that really set them up for an active life. And, uh, you know, this really is about getting kids uh, active from a young age, uh, making that habitual, uh, and it's something that, uh, you know, is important, obviously, for their physical, uh, mental health and well-being. So... You know, some of the events will happen around the athletics track, but uh, even if you can't get out to any of the events uh, that are happening around the country, you can also join along at home. So World Athletics has put together a toolkit of activities uh, and you can get active uh, in the comfort of your own home or your backyard, or you can even jump on some of our platforms like Weetbix Active Bands, which is a virtual way of uh, getting involved through an app as well. So there's really, there's almost no excuse. So uh, we encourage as many kids and, and obviously parents to get involved as possible and uh, you know, be active uh, over the course of the weekend, but also throughout the month of May and into the future. And Adam, we talk about um, what World Athletics is doing over this weekend, but let's talk about what the great people at Athletics Australia, yourself and the team, Michael Angus, Sam Colbert, uh, Peter Bromley are doing uh, uh, sort of the pathway, how athletics looks. We see in Tokyo so much success for your Peter Bowles, your Cedric Dublers. Um, what do we, what does Athletics Australia have in store moving forward now and in, in really bringing the sport back to where it used to be back in uh, 20, 30, 40 years ago? Yeah, absolutely. And obviously the success of the Olympic Games in Tokyo and the Paralympic Games has really uh, kind of raised the profile of athletics again in, in the country. But, uh, you know, there's a whole range of programs and initiatives that uh, happen day to day that perhaps don't get the attention. So, you know, Kids Athletics is a program we deliver through uh, the federal government's uh, Sporting Schools program. Uh, that program reaches 110,000 kids a year uh, in uh, about a thousand schools. So, a huge program, which uh, probably doesn't sort of get the the limelight. Uh, we run a whole range of other programs, uh, you know, targeted at different groups as well. So we have a First Nations program that uh, we deliver programs like Athletics for the Outback in regional and re remote communities, uh, working with First Nations uh, communities. Uh, Raise the Bar, which is another program that we run in partnership with universities, which is aimed at getting more kids, uh, Aboriginal kids and Torres Strait Islander kids into tertiary education. And that program is... Uh, uh, partnered uh, with Rio Tinto and they they do a great job as well. And so that's really, uh, you know, uh, just a handful of the programs. But, uh, yeah, there's some really exciting things in the the pipeline, I think, for athletics. And obviously, you know, the profile is there and it's building. But uh, my, my aim, I guess, is uh, in the area that I work in is to really get more people involved in athletics. And that's part of the message around Kids Athletics Day is to, 
to get out there and get moving. Uh, athletics is one of those universal sports where yeah, uh, definitely you can really get involved. So yeah. well, I was just going to say that Adam. I mean, if you look at all the sports that you know that you know, we watch on TV or take place, you cannot deny that athletics is is really the the foundation of most sports. And I think it's important for these days to exist. I think it's important for our sporting culture in Australia. And I think that's something you're working very hard on with kids with Wheat Picks active bands, with like you said, the raise the bar. Even our summer series, our high performance competitions, the importance of what Puma and Chemist Warehouse supports great for younger kids to see that tent pole, that lighthouse, and what they can become from high performance all the way down to the grassroots programs that you're creating. Absolutely. And it's all about the connection between those things. And you mentioned the domestic uh, summer season, uh, and that was uh, a real success this year and a, a lot more uh, eyeballs on on the sport uh, domestically. Uh, and that only helps create awareness around athletics. And uh, we can utilise that to uh, I guess, raise awareness, but also then drive participation through that, through existing programs, uh, but also ones that we want to create as well. And there's there's definitely more opportunities, particularly in the kids' space, to to get more people involved. And I guess, you know, athletics is going in a really positive direction. We just saw the release of the uh, Sports Commission's Ausplay data this week. And uh, when we combine running and yeah. athletics uh, into that, 3.7 million Australians are involved. And uh, that's the highest I've ever seen it. So we really got some momentum building here and it's just about getting people uh, more active uh, and hopefully they choose athletics. But as you say, athletics is that foundational sport uh, and it can take you anywhere, uh, you know, whether that's uh, later in life, walking around the block or, uh, you know, hopefully doing athletics. But uh, if you go into footy, cricket, other sports, uh, we really provide definitely skills. The GM of definitely. Growth and Development Athletics Australia, Adam Bishop, joins us right around Australia on the house of Aths. I'm, I'm, one, I'm interested and I'm wondered about the, 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 the balance up because, of course, Tokyo in 2021, uh, parts of the country are in lockdown or in COVID. We, you know, while the Olympics are such a wonderful spectacle, it almost forced some people to take more of an interest in, than normal, which meant we were exposed to great young athletes from this country doing huge things on the world stage. But it's hard to kind of translate that because the reason they were probably watching or a major reason was because they couldn't get out and, and be active or do and maybe join certain programs. How have you found on the back of it, of course, at Com Games last year as well, how have you seen the interest go to a new level but translate that into participation at all levels but in particular kids? Yeah, that's an excellent question. I think one of the uh, the one the sports that really benefited from uh, COVID lockdowns around Australia was athletics and in particular running, uh, anyone that went to a park during uh, COVID lockdowns would have seen them uh, packed, absolutely packed. And that showed up in the data as well. So more people got out to run and walk. And I think what we're seeing after we've come out of obviously that sort of lockdown period is that people have maybe discovered running uh, in particular during that period. Uh, and they've continued to make that a part of uh, their, their lives. So we've seen that uptick in the participation numbers. So all of those things kind of going together, obviously the profile and the, uh, you know, a lot of people sitting at home watching uh, Tokyo in, in 2021, uh, you know, athletics is one of the most uh, watched sports and I think seven of the 10 most viewed sport uh, events across the, the games are actually athletics. So uh, obviously there's a focal point there and, you know, we can see the link there to uh, the participation aspect of the sport as well. Hey, I asked Adam, you- I like to think of it this way. Sorry, Cam, I like to think of it this way, that people came to their senses through COVID. There was one good thing that came out of they realised how great track and field is, Cam. That's how, that's how I like mm-hmm. to word it, mate. They came to their senses, Cam. They came to their senses. I like it. I was just going to say, I actually asked Johnny Steph this at the start of the show, so I'll ask you this now, Adam. You've, you've been around athletics for 
for a long time. And and I, as a, as a hardcore athletics fan, it was ex- really excited, of course. You know, world championships, we're about to see the Diamond League kick off, we've got Olympics in 2024. And I feel that the, the crop of athletes that this country has, I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment, so that's why I'm asking you. The fact is that I'm more excited about the damage these athletes can do on the world stage. And maybe I have for the last 20, 25, 30 years. Do you get that feeling, the excitement that this is a special group or it's actually a group that we're continuing to build and, and reap the benefits of all the hard work of many? Well, I think it's it's probably all of those things. There's obviously some fantastic athletes at the moment, uh, ones that could step on the you know the global stage uh, any day of the week and uh, really, really give it a shake. And I, I think that's the really exciting thing. And we you know probably haven't seen... Uh, the number of athletes uh, in the team at the moment being able to do that on on any given day. So I think the prospects for uh, our team going forward on the global stage are, are really exciting. Uh, obviously, we've seen uh, we saw some really great stuff uh, throughout the Commonwealth Games and and obviously Tokyo as well. And uh, world champs coming up in Budapest later this year, and then on to uh, Paris Olympics and Paralympics in twenty four. So. It's it's a really exciting time, and I, I think we're going to see some fantastic performances going forward. I, I get to do this show with a man who dominated a home Commonwealth Games back in two thousand and six, and Gold Coast in twenty eighteen was un, unreal. And you know the Aussie athletes did an incredible job, and we've got another home Commonwealth Games in two thousand and twenty six. It does tweak a little bit to the, the the normal format with it being so spread out over different parts of Victoria in particular. But do, do are you using that when it comes to marketing and conversations you're having? Clearly at Athletics Australia, but to try and entice kids to get involved and see how great the sport is, knowing that in only three years' time, we're going to see some of the best athletes in our backyard? Absolutely. And, and those sort of events, having them uh, at home are really important for the profile of the sport. And, uh, you know, it's our job to try and uh, leverage that through whole parts of the Athletics Australia business and through to our member associations in each state and territory as well. Obviously, we've got 26 and then uh, there's the runway into 2032. So, you know, the next uh, nine years is, is really exciting for athletics and we really need to to make sure that we harness that opportunity, which is really a, a once in a generation opportunity Oh, I think Johnny Steph should be the uh, spokesperson and the, like the, the the face of 2026. 20 years on from Melbourne in 06, Johnny. I, I know you're too modest to say it, but uh, you should grow the hair back, get the ponytail back, put on the old athletic suit and really be the face of all the campaigns, I think. I reckon that body's a bit, bit tight now, Cam, but uh, I'm glad you said it, mate. You know, I wouldn't mind being a mascot. That's been my lifelong dream. But, you know, in that little... That, that, designer mascot the yeah. johnny steph mascot he runs around all the regional victoria yeah. spreading the good vibrations of commonwealth games See, there you go yeah. we've just been able to nut out half of the marketing hey adam before we do <laughs> let you go uh johnny's telling me that you, you, you're pretty good on the run yourself mate you still get out and 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 get on the trail as well well i do actually go went out for a run just before i, I jumped on so uh you know uh, own personal sort of uh you know, uh, side of things as well, the the mental and physical benefits of getting out there. I, you know, I'd still like to run another marathon. I know you were talking about marathons earlier and that's been sort of my path in the last few years, but uh, yeah. Well, well, Adam, you can take my place. No, well, 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 no. Adam Bitsu can take Johnny's desk place. No, 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 no. Firstly, stop talking to third person. Secondly, you're going to be there in New York. Adam can come with us. We can put a crew together, but no one is replacing you, JS. You're definitely the man. How do you think he'll go translating his 400-meter speed to 42Ks? 
Well, if you could run at that speed for 42Ks, yeah, yeah. you'd be getting it right, but uh, I suspect he won't be able to. Uh, I, I, I would pay to see uh, John run a marathon. Um, so, yeah, if there's a, an opportunity to sponsor him to do that, I think I'd uh, put my hand in my own pocket. But uh, Bang. I'll, I'll see it when I believe it, I think. This is, this is payback pay out of all the headaches I've given you over, over the time. Hey. No, mate, if, if you're going to pay back for all the headaches you've given Adam and Athletics Australia, it's probably five marathons you've got in you, mate. Um, Kids Athletics Day, it's a great initiative right across the world. Uh, for people listening right now, what, what's the best way to check it all out? Just via the Athletics Australia website? Yeah, on the Athletics Australia website, there's a dedicated uh, page there with all the information. Uh, really encouraging people to jump on uh, social media as well using the hashtag Kids Athletics Day across the social channels and also Kids Athletics Oz, A-U-S. Uh, there's some prizes up for grabs thanks to Puma as well. So really uh, encouraging people to get on there, share their images, uh, videos, whatever it may be, use those hashtags and be in the running for some great prizes. And really just uh, the message is get out there and, and get active uh, this month, but also uh, into the future. It's a great message. It's a great idea. And hopefully it translates to uh, more kids getting involved in the great sport of track and field, mate. So we always appreciate your time. Thank you. Thank you very much. Adam Bishop, the GM of Growth and Development Athletics Australia. Very quick break, plenty more. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse next on the House of Ats. Rush into Chemist Warehouse today and grab INC Protein, powering tomorrow today. This is the House of Ats with Cam Luke and John Stephenson. All thanks to Chemist Warehouse, the House of Ats. Johnny Steph, Cam Luke, right around the nation and the world if you're listening to us on a Thursday night or morning, wherever you might be in this globe. Hit us up. Of course, if you want to join John Stephenson's marathon team, hit him up on Instagram. Just DM him. Or, of course, you can text us here, 043398-1116. We have pretty much no time. Is there an Australian you're looking forward to? We spoke about Diamond League. Is there an Australian you're looking forward to running in Doha? Or is there an I'm event you're pumped for? Watch, I'm, re- I'm really looking forward to watching Jess Sow in the 1500. All the other events, I think you're going to find, you know, your Michael Normans, your... Fred Kersey. It's a long trip to Doha. I think the performances won't be... Um, I think they'll be decent. I don't think they'll be that good um, just because of the travel. Um, but I'm looking forward to watching uh, watching Jess Hull. She's been on fire in Australian season. Yes, there's, there's, there's Abby Caldwell, there's Georgia Griffith, um, Sarah Billings also competing in that same event. But I think I think Jess has been the star this Australian season and I think she's going to run very well on the 1500. Geez, our middle distance runners right now are, are on fire and it's led by Jess Hull. Of course, one I spoke about it earlier. She won Run the Town last week. She was outstanding at the stall gift off a, off a scratch mark and in the end, she's about to go into a Diamond League and do what she did so well last year and perform at the highest level. Uh, I'm getting out of here. What are you doing? You're, you're, in, you're in Thailand. I guess you're going to play golf or something now, are you? Yeah, I'm going to swing those clubs, Cam. But I know you're a betting man, and Uncle Steph loves to share. Go on. I'm waiting for you to share with me on some of your horse racing tips. But I'd like to think Shikari Richardson wins the women's 100 metres and beats Sharika Jackson. I think Shikari's got a lot to prove after last year. So if you, if you are, not that we gamble responsibly, but if you are into it, I reckon Shikari Richardson, uh, she gets the nod in the 100. And I think this might be, this might be for all, you know, you half alluded to it, the, the story behind what has happened in the last... 12 or 18 months, it's going to be the non-Australian story to watch towards Paris because if she ends up and she's run fast already in the, in the last not-too-distant future or past, if she goes to that next level and she's the number one runner in the world going to Paris, it's going to be the story of the Olympics. So looking forward to that, and I like that idea. Hey, Johnny Steph, swinging well, man. We'll talk next week.
Love your work, brother. For Chemist Warehouse, this has been House of Ats. See you this time right around Australia on the SCN Network next Thursday night.